Alright everybody, welcome to the 323rd edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in sunny Rip City and I got my man Sage chilling here in Beaverton, Oregon. Man, this trade deadline exhausted me. It was just like, you know, the, the last few had some like bumps and was exciting, but this one was like, there was like only like a five minutes of like relaxation before, you know, a whole bunch of trades happened. So it was a it was a very uh, interesting, you know, trade deadline to witness. And especially since we have this podcast to talk about, like, all the trades. So this was probably I, I enjoyed it. One of the best trade deadlines ever. Yeah. And it was supposed to be, like, this quiet deadline. Everyone's, mm-hmm. like, you know, holding all of their picks close to their chest. Mm-hmm. because They want Victor and Scoo or, you know, there was presumed to be, like, so many or so little contenders that everyone just kind of wanted to let them do their own thing. And then all of a sudden Kyrie Irving requests out the Lakers move off of Russell Westbrook's deal. KD gets moved at 10 o'clock last night, which was incredible for me uh, energy wise, because I'm staying up with Adrian and, you know, I've already got the Blazers victory. I'm listening to the fifth quarter, you know, I'm watching the highlights and then you've got this content and it's just, it felt like when Kawhi signed with the Clippers in the summer of 2019. And then we found out immediately that they just pulled the trigger on that Paul George package. It's like, Oh, well, let's put on some coffee and let's, you know, read everyone's takes on what is going on. And you know, Portland had already made, made, made their move for, for, for the day. Right. You know, you get uh, the first round pick from the Knicks and Cam Reddish for, for Josh Hart. So I was already in a good mood. But, I mean, just an incredible trade deadline. Um, And it really goes to show that having draft capital is the key to getting anything done in this league. Like, no longer are the days of, oh, we'll trade you, like, it's not 2K, right? Where you just like, oh, these two players are are pretty good and we're going to trade you for one better player. Like, owners and general managers, there's so much more in tune with how the league works and operates. You're not just going to, to get deals done like that. Like you're not going to get six scrubs for Scotty Pippen anymore, right? You're not going to get Clyde Drexler for Otis Thorpe in a first round pick. Like those deals don't exist anymore. Like I think everybody been, in basketball has gotten smarter from the, the bar has been raised. They, from the fans, the gamblers, everybody has gotten smarter, especially with technology. It's like, you're able to, look at everything not just like this narrow slice you're gonna look at like trade traded assets in the future all the picks like i i think that getting caught by the uh brooklyn nets for uh paul pierce and kevin garnett that's just far 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 away from where the the education level of people in basketball has gone it has been just uh a whirlwind uh 24 hours um We'll discuss the the Blazers, what we think they they stand now. It, you know what what moves they made, what the rotation looks like, uh, maybe the thought process behind it. Also, go around the league, talk about what we think. Uh, who are the new contenders? Who who did themselves a service? Who did themselves a disservice? Um, but we had to hop on here. 
uh, to give our trade deadline thoughts. As I mentioned last week, it's probably one of my favorite days of the year. Um, running off of four hours of sleep, uh, skip my afternoon nap, but I'm still pretty jazzed. It, it's been it's been a a great time to be a fan of the association. And just to kind of uh, break it down right now, here's basically what the Portland Trailblazers did in a nutshell. And I'm just going to go um, to Sean Hyken uh, and look at his Twitter feed because he he broke it down beautifully. So in essence, the Blazers traded Josh Hart, Gary Payton II, a 2029 second rounder. Um, and they ended up with Cam Reddish, Matisse Thibel, uh, Ryan Archidiakno, Kevin Knox, five second round picks from Golden State, a lottery protected 2023 pick uh, from the New York Knicks. And they also waived Greg Brown the third. Um, all in all, Sage, like I saw, you know, it's weird. Like, I don't know whether I got my timeline on Twitter uh, just right and the people that I'm following uh, but I didn't see a lot of raging and you go to the message boards and everyone's just kind of like freaking out. But I, I think that the big takeaways for me for this deadline and, and why I am happy, why I'm happy with, with what the Blazers did is the first one. You really see how badly Neil Olshay dug this franchise into the ground. And it, it's not going to take one off season or two off seasons to get them back on level ground. Like it's going to take a while to, to claw your way to the top. They, they didn't have control over their own draft picks because of that Larry Nance jr. Trade. And it's not as easy as saying, Hey, Chicago will make it unprotected this year. Maybe Chicago doesn't want it this year. Maybe they think the Blazers are going to make the playoffs and that pick's going to be, you know, not what they want. Maybe they want to roll the dice and see if it becomes a really freaking good pick. So it's not as simple as just going out and doing that. The, the other. And Chicago didn't do shit this, this trade deadline. Chicago did not do anything this deadline. Um, and they are possibly in a rebuilding phase too. So they love having that, that Blazers first round pick. And then you also really saw, I think a lot of good self-awareness for once from this organization. Um, I think you and I both agree that they still are straddling the the Damian Lillard versus the youth movement, but dominant. Like this is we can't decide what we want to do. And I, I think that's okay in an instance because you have to factor in the business side. And Damian Lillard is playing at an MVP caliber level. He is drawing fans. Uh, to the arena on a nightly basis. He doesn't want to ask out. You never want to force out a player who is arguably the greatest in your franchise's history, but you're also not mortgaging your future, right? You're not going out and saying, um, you're not going out and saying, oh, Giannobi, you're our savior. And we're going to, we're going to give you the same package that the Brooklyn Nets received for Kevin Durant for OG and they're not going out and they, they didn't do that. So they showed some self-awareness because if you look at that Milwaukee game and you saw the talent gap, the disparity of how easily they dispatched Portland, then you look at what the Clippers did at the deadline. You look at what the Phoenix Suns did at the deadline. There was not one realistic trade the Blazers could have made to have become a championship contender. That talent gap between the Blazers and the Bucks, Sixers and Suns and Celtics, that is Grand Canyon wide at this moment. So what they did is they replenished some of their draft capital. You get five second round picks for Gary Payton II, who wasn't playing. And when he did play, he played like 10 minutes a night. 
You moved off of Josh Hart, who was going to opt out and probably command close to $17, $18 million in the open market. Uh, and you backfill that with basically Matisse Thibel and Cam Reddish, who you take flyers on. They have qualifying offers as restricted free agents this summer. So you get at least a, an audition, a preview to see how they perform. And you can either punt, pass, or, or kick. You know, you can you can keep them or not. But the, the jewel, there's two jewels that the Blazers did here. The first one is they get that lottery-protected first-round pick from the Knicks. And, and I think the Knicks will make the playoffs. You're looking at a number 20 overall pick, right, in, in a very deep uh, draft class. But more importantly, you open up time for Shaden Sharp and Nasir Little. The Blazer bench was pivotal pivotal in, in that victory over the Warriors last night. That's Trenton Watford, Jabari Walker, Shaden Sharp, and Nasir Little. 40 points on 16 of 23 shooting. They finally had the opportunity to flourish, to play. You saw a little bit more confidence, especially out of Shaden Sharp, uh, not deferring so much, not looking over his shoulder, knowing that he's going to get pulled from the game. And that is the key. That's how the Blazers get better. Internal development and drafting. You look at what Oklahoma City is doing. You look at what Utah is doing. You look at what Memphis is doing. Small markets who are staying the course. They are scouting. They are drafting well. And they are building from the internal where they need to make, maybe probably just make one move to get over the hump rather than, you know, three or four. Like we're, we're not we're not a destination. We're, we're not Phoenix. We don't have the weather. We don't have uh, the built-in success uh, recently. Like Kevin Durant wasn't coming here. You don't have the package to get him. If you you, you trade for, you know, OG Ananobi, he, he's not making you a, a contender. Like it's, it's not worth winning a first round series to throw away a decade worth of potential in terms of draft capital or, or a shade and sharp. Does this roster still have some deficiencies? Absolutely. And we will go into that, but what they didn't do is they didn't trade shade and sharp. They didn't trade Nasir or trend in or a ton of other first round picks. And I don't think they got worse. So if they still want to make the playoffs, fine, fantastic. You still get the Knicks pick. So you're not completely out of this draft. And that's what I like because you, they can kind of sell the fan base on, hey, we made the playoffs, but you still get that Knicks pick. And if worse comes to worse and it just doesn't work out and maybe Dame runs out of gas, then come the offseason, you get some contracts off your books, you get the Knicks pick, you have a lottery pick. And then maybe if you want to go all in, you could say, okay, we also have Ant and Nurk plus those two picks. That's going to get you a really nice piece. So breathe. I think it's going to be okay. They shed quite a bit of salary. So even if they, they have to repay uh, or re-sign Jeremy Grant, they should still find themselves underneath the luxury tax. It would open up the, the full mid-level exception, which is very beneficial. Um, and, and Dame really is showing no signs of slowing down. So I, I don't think all hope is lost and you just really, it's all about expectations, Sage. You can't go into it thinking you're going to get OG or Kevin Durant for pennies on the dollar and you're going to be a contender. Like, listen, yeah, definitely not in happy, this market. Yeah. Am I happy the Blazers have been 23 years since being real contenders? Absolutely not. But I'm also realistic in that it wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. Like Neil O'Shea dug us so incredibly deep down that it's going to take time. It, it may surpass Dame's tenure here in Portland. And that's just the reality of the situation. It, it sucks, but they're starting to do some right things. They got Nasir Little on a team-friendly deal. They now have uh, Shaden Sharp, who is really blossoming and showing just what you want from a 19-year-old rookie. 
And I think they do have some pieces if they did want to go play in in the summer. But but most importantly, Sage, I, I just I really um I'm just glad they didn't do something stupid. And that that's the baseline right now with the Blazers. They didn't do something stupid. Yeah. I, I think they gave themselves more opportunities this year or in this summer for uh doing something beneficial where if they if they re-sign Josh, this is the team. Now we have a chance to look at some of these prospects that are blue chip talents, but but have failed. And now uh we get that, that chance to get that first look and see if they're worthy of anything. But I, I think that you talked about it. We give we give our wings, our young wings a chance to succeed and have a longer runway. Cause I think it was obvious that Shaden Sharp was looking behind every time he made that one mistake in the in the game and he could get replaced by Josh or Gary Payton. Now we're kind of we have to have play a version of Nasir, Shaden, and the new guys 48 minutes at the wing position. So it's going to be a, a a good experience for our young gun wing players getting that full run of uh, PT. So, and, and, and that Knicks pick, man, it, it, it gives us like, regardless of what that happens between the Blazers making the playoffs or not making the playoffs, we most likely have a pick. And if we don't get it conveyed, it turns into four seconds. So we'd have nine second rounders in the next, however many years. I don't know if we actually got the years of what uh, the seconds in the Warriors, but I assume we get one this year, right? So you it, would think it, so. Yeah. And, and I tweeted out like, Drazen Petrovich, third round pick, Jerome Kersey, Cliff Robinson, Kevin Duckworth, uh, Will Barton. Like, Nikola Jokic, bro. <laughs> Jokic, like Paul Millsap, like second, Isaiah Thomas, you know, Wesley Matthews went un- undrafted. Like the draft like the talent level coming into the league has been at an all-time high. The 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 players are sticking around. You're finding more and more players that can perform in in the second round and and in the undrafted uh, levels as well. Because Trenton Watford went undrafted and now he's getting rotation minutes. Like we're pretty happy with Jabari Walker. He was like the third to last pick yep. <laughs> in in the draft. Like having these picks, and if you don't want to use them, fine. Golden State used it to get a rotation player that they valued. Atlanta used it to get a rotational player that they valued in, in Sadiq Bay. Like those are really solid players. So if you feel at any point where you're a few pieces away, you can cash in those chips, but Sage, you have to have chips to play and Portland's finally starting to accrue some, some of those chips. So I think today was really about how little the NBA values James Wiseman as a prospect. <laughs> Cause he like, <laughs> I, I thought the Warriors were going to trade Wiseman from the from jump. I thought that was the case. They could save a lot of money. I think it was like $100 million if they just traded him for nothing. And then he went to the Pistons, which I think is like the weirdest and worst possible place for James Wiseman. Like, And I just got a tweet that said he's going to start. It's like... Everybody like the Blazers easily could have done Gary Payton for James Wiseman, but they, they would chose prefer, the five second round picks. They preferred the five second round picks. So it just showed like how bad that draft was for the Warriors. They could have had a game changing wing, but they went with the big guy that in theory has all the talent in the world, but really hasn't shown it. And now the Pistons have two of those guys in Wiseman and uh, 
Shit, who's the other guy? Uh, Marvin Bagley. And Marvin Jordan Bagley the third. The Pistons confused me. I just really didn't get what they were trying to do on that one. So before we dive deeper, I think a lot of these questions, we have a lot of good questions from Rip Village on Twitter that will kind of steer our, our conversation and answer really everything that we're looking to talk about. So the first question, how do you tank with this roster? Right now, the Blazers are 10th in the Western Conference. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off. I, I don't think they're going to tank. Um, and, and by tanking, I mean deliberately sitting players out. Uh, they they just will not do it unless Damian Lillard gets hurt. That That is the only way that they will quote unquote tank. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to not play Anthony. Like he's already got his contract. Like that's fine. I don't think they're not going to play Shaden or, or, or Nasir or, you know, they may rest Jeremy because he is an unrestricted free agent, but that only happens if Damian gets long-term hurt. Uh, he's having too good of a season. Uh, I think you risk alienating him and uh, I don't think it would be the best of looks like, I think they can already miss the playoffs just based upon, you know, not yeah, having they don't need smells. to act. They don't need help losing. They can no, do that all, and, all, all, all right on their own. And you've already had teams that, that are ahead of you in the quote unquote, you know, tankathon race. If you're Portland, you really just want to end up if you're not making the playoffs ninth or 10th heading into, into the lottery, that that's ninth place has won the lottery before in, in previous years. Um, let me who's who's ninth on Tankathon right now. Let's check. <laughs> All right, my boyfriend Jarris Walker's eleventh on Tankathon. Jet Howard's twelfth. Ninth is Grady Dick. Like, there's there's, I think one through one is by himself. Two is by themselves. But three through eleven, kind of like, what do you need? And then you can make your decision. So, and, you know, you're you're getting the Blazers didn't hire Mike Schmitz for, for, for nothing. nothing. Yeah, exactly. He clearly values the draft as as one should. I was listening to Brian Windhorse on his podcast, and he basically said, like, Mike Schmitz discovered Victor Wembanyama. Like he's very close to 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 Victor's family. Um, he He knows what this kid can do. He is a draft guru. Like this is how small market teams win. Mm-hmm. Is having draft picks on team friendly contracts. Like you can't win with the Josh Hart of the world making 18, 19 million dollars uh, on your roster. That that just isn't going to happen. Like if you want Jeremy Grant, you had to kick, you know, you had to punt on, on Josh Hart coming back. Mm-hmm. And you have to have players like Nasir on these four or five million dollar contracts. And I really like the the idea that they brought in Schmitz and and, and it, gives me hope that they're actually listening to him. Like they, I thought they did a really good job with the draft last year, but just having all of those picks, you can go scout. I mean, so much talent coming from just the G league, uh, all these uh, other leagues NCAA, overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just getting so much. It's basketball is a global game and you're just getting so much talent pouring into the league that, you know, you're going to have a good chance at, at hitting so I really love the fact they brought in uh, Mike Schmitz, and I think he values this draft. Like he's done a lot of legwork, probably even at, at his time during at ESPN, preparing for the the Wembenyama draft, and looking at these players and, and just knowing that you're gonna pop, probably get a pick. That that is a big deal. Maybe two. Maybe two. You know what's you know, crazy? I think Scoot Henderson might be a better pro. I think he is a better prospect 
than Derrick Rose. We don't really talk about Scoot Henderson, do we? It's been Victor. Like, Derrick Rose was, like... The consensus 08. number one overall pick. 08? 08. So from 08 to 2022, there hasn't been a prospect in a guard position that's this athletic and this good since Derrick Rose. So the fact that one and two are that amazing in this draft, and then, honestly, you there's two players. The Thompson Twins are like 100th percentile athletes. So there are some really, really exciting players in this draft. And the fact that we might have two first-round picks should be very, very exciting. And then to go down to the tanking thing, I don't think we tank. I think that we will just lose on our own merit. Like I, I predict the Blazers make the play-in and they will lose in the play-in. I, I think they're – and they may even win one of the – they may even make the play-in. Like anytime you have a healthy Damian Lillard – He can win you a game. You're going to have a chance. Mm-hmm. But I think they they realized they're not able to keep up with this arms race across the league. Yes, the league is wide open, but they just didn't have the foundation to go out and and really renovate. Like, right? They're still probably putting up the they're still pouring in the concrete. Other teams have, you know, they're redecorating. You know, we're we're are, really... the, are the Suns the favorite in the West now? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Even I mean, the buyout market is going to be crazy. We we just saw Will Barton is on the buyout market for the Washington Wizards. Like well, he team, never played, so I get that one. He's still. I would love Will. I mean, oh, not for Portland, yeah. but I would love Will Barton on my team. Mm. As long as they stay healthy, it, it's going to be. It's it. It will be Milwaukee and Phoenix part two. That would be incredible. Um, you don't think Boston? No, Giannis, man. Giannis is just a different level of a... You got Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, uh, Chris Middleton. Like, Middleton Giannis, has to get help. Mil- Middleton has yes. to play. For, yeah, Middleton yeah. didn't play last year, and they still pushed him to seven. Yeah. So, And it took Grant Williams going nuclear to even win that game seven. So um, I, 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 like I think it's, I think Boston and Milwaukee are the, the two fighting. And then I think once playoffs happen... You shorten the rotation. The Warriors could be good, but Phoenix just made their ceiling champions. Yep. With this one. Uh, the next question is how do you keep Jeremy Grant if he wants to win? Simple. You offer him an extra five, an extra year. He'll, he'll take five years over four from any other team. As you can see in today's NBA, all it takes is signing that deal. And oh, how about we wait until December 15th? Hey, I want out. Yeah, we, we can Blake Griffin him if it doesn't work out, you know? Yeah, he's he's going to take the money. Like He's there's not a lot of I don't anticipate people throwing the big bag at Jeremy Grant. I think he's a solid borderline all-star caliber player, but I don't think he's going to get that full max max from Do you think if he kept up his rates from the beginning of the year, he could have because I think now we've. Yeah, but that was like 99th percentile. Oh, yeah. 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 So I I, I think think he's regressed to the a little bit ahead of the mean, but like he's kind he's. He's not getting those 28-point games anymore. He's a solid third-wing elite fourth fourth, fourth player. Yeah. Um, I think he resigns in Portland. I think he likes Dame. Um, I think he's going to like that extra fifth year. That's guaranteed money that you just don't usually see players turn down. Um, and he's featured, right? He's he's the second or third option every single night. Like, he he's getting what he wants. And it's not like the Blazers are, are bad, per se. Like, they're still a 500 basketball team. A lot of teams are 500. There's just not a lot of true contenders, right? And I don't think a, a true contender is going to have 
the space to to go out and, and get him. So I, I think he does come back by all accounts that we've read this year. He's 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 happy. Um, we'll, we'll know more, but I, I'm not too concerned at the moment retaining Jeremy Grant. Um, another question about Jeremy Grant: How do you play a non-shooter? Matisse Thibel with with our with our front court, presumably Jeremy Grant and, and Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, we saw how they utilized Gary Payton the second a little bit. Uh, he was a willing shooter. He did hit some really wide open uh, corner threes. Uh, Matisse is a non shooter. Uh, we, we know that. Yeah, we know that since his Washington days. Um, he, he's a one way defender, but I think if as long as he's the only non shooter on the floor, you can make it work. But look what look what. Washington Wizards did against Josh Hart. Who's to say they don't do that every time Matisse Thibault's on the court? Like he doesn't even deserve me running out on rotation on him. It's if he shoots, that's a win for your defense. I think you so have to. I, move I, I don't him. think he plays I, I that think, much, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think he's a stand in the corner guy on offense. I think you need to move, cut him, and keep the defense. At He'd least. have to be the five. He'd have to be the five on the offense, and it'd be a small ball. Off- Small ball team like it's Dame, Ants, Matisse, Nasir, Shaden, or Jeremy Grant. I think I, that's the only really lineup that would work. You can't really have him with uh, Trendon, or you can't have him with uh, Eubanks. So it, I think he's third on the list, or it, it's it's Nasir, Shaden, and then him, or or is Cam ahead of Matisse because Cam can actually shoot? Like what is I, the, I think they're. The, I personally think they're more intrigued by Cam Reddish, um, given the age, the size, the willingness to shoot the basketball. The, he I, was a blue chip talent. I, I, I mean, think they, they got Matisse Thibel so they could say we moved GP, but we got another point of attack. Elite, elite defender. Yes. Yeah. Matisse is just too bad of an offensive player for him to play real minutes. He might he might get like two rotations of like six minutes. But in those 12 minutes of game time, he's not going to be a good enough offensive player to draw anything. So you're playing four on five. You have an elite defender, but your offense is going to struggle. Unless I think that's on, that's on Chauncey Phillips to figure out, though. Golden State was able to do it with two non-shooters. But Gary yeah. Payton was a willing shooter, at least. Sure. But but they two non-shooters in Draymond and GP, and they still well, you have, you have Clay and you have Stephen Curry. I don't. I don't think Chauncey Phillips is going to be creative enough. Creative enough I'm. I'm not that. disagreeing with you. I'm saying he should <laughs> be able. You should be able to make it work with one non-shooter on the on the floor. Like that. That has to be a minimum in in, in the NBA. But they traded for guys that were drafted very high, and Cam Reddish, Kevin Knox. I think. I think Kevin Knox is pure salary filler. I, oh I do. yeah, yeah. Well, the reason that he's in the league now is because he was a high draft pick. So yes. I, and I, I so would not the expect teams will give Kevin him that chance to play. And that's why Cam's getting that chance is because he was a high draft pick. If he wasn't a high draft pick, he'd be the fuck out of here. He, I mean, like when when we first got Cam, I was like, all right, well, I was trying to talk to my older brother about this. And I was like, well, think about Austin Rivers. Like it's because of his name that he stayed in the league so long. Cam Reddish is just if his name was Dylan Sage, he wouldn't be. On a team right now, he'd be out of the league because he's been asked for his entire entire stay in the league, minus like four or five games. We give those guys a chance, but I don't. I don't expect Matisse Thybulle to be in the rotation. No, 
Um, so speaking of, what, what do you think the new rotation is? Give me your 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 top ten. Um, obviously you've got the four starters once Nurkic returns. Um, who do you? I, I think we agree Nasir is probably going to start Nas, three. I think Nasty Nas is, and I know that Chauncey had this whole thing about his defense. His his off ball defense is fucking horrific, tragic, and awful. A lot so of I, NBA players off ball defense. No, is... no, 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 no. Unacceptably bad defensively off ball. Un- unacceptably bad. But I think that you give him the chance because he's he's proven that he's confident in his shot. And, like he takes confident jumpers. I don't. I think Shaden takes the shots, but he doesn't exude the the absolute confidence that Nasir does. So I think Nasir would be the fifth. And then I think that he and Shaden share like the 48 minutes. And then I think Cam would be the direct backup to Ant. Eubanks definitely getting PT. Oh, oh yeah. Shit. He might. Do you think it's going to be 24-24 split between Eubanks and Nurkic? It could be. I do think Trendon has played himself into some playing time. And but I really... wouldn't he be the four? Yeah, I, I think he would be. Um, the the biggest question mark for me is is who. So does Trendon take away all of uh, Jabari's minutes? I think it's going to be a game by game thing with Jabari Walker. I don't think he has moved up into permanent rotation spot for 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 Billups. Um, but so I do like he's fifth big. Yeah, and then maybe we start to see a little bit of Keon Johnson. Well. Do we have another ball handler besides Ant, Keon, and Damian? No. So would Keon be the fourth guard? Kind of by default, yeah. Yeah. But do you think do you think we do 10-man rotation? Yeah. Really? Even yeah, I, I, I don't I, with, I think with, they're gonna with, get to a I think they're gonna get to a point where you get down to the stretch run, you've already played what 60% of the season, you, you can't keep playing six or seven guys 35 minutes a night. Like you, you, you can't. <laughs> I mean, I think they're going to start seeing results like the Bucks more frequently now. If they want to be competitive, it's they just make the game at least entertaining. They're going to have to go deeper into the rotation. Uh, we played nine last night against the, the Warriors. So maybe not 10, but I definitely think at least nine. I think they're going to want to see Matisse and Cam Reddish get some run. But hey, the, the league is built upon six five to six ten two way wings that can play multiple positions, do a lot of different things. Like that's the prototypical NBA basketball player. The Blazers only had a handful of those guys, and they went out and they got another one in in Cam Reddish. So I'm all for trying to add those types of players to the roster. You look at the Raptors, and everyone's like, "God, look at look at that length!" And they always give Portland fits. Well, now Portland is they're trying to emulate some of that by going out and getting long rangy players that that can match up. I know everyone is is upset with the lack of a true center or or additional size. And and I agree. I think they may get someone in the buyout market. They'd have to waive another player because they are at 15 right now, even after letting Greg Brown the third go. But I don't think basketball is is being played that way. You've seen some guy who can 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 jump and rebound. Like, can, can you rebound the ball at, at six nine six ten? You don't have to necessarily be a seven-foot Mo Bamba type. Um, but once you get Nurk back healthy, that's going to shore up a lot of things. And, and frankly, I'm really glad. I was hoping to not see that notification that they traded Yusuf Nurkic 
we we've discussed how unfairly he has been scapegoated by the, the fan base than the media market here in Portland this year. You know, I, I stay up with, with Adrian uh, throughout the night. And I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch a lot of, you know, the old Blazers. But I, I came across the, the mini movie from the bubble. And I came across the mini movie from when they played OKC. Like this man broke his leg in half and still showed up high on painkillers to that game five against OKC to give his team a boost. He lost his grandmother to COVID in the bubble and still stayed to help out his team. Like, can we put just a little bit of respect on, on his name? Like, I've been frustrated with him. You've been frustrated with him. But, like, just tossing him to the wolves, saying he has been just this trash heap of a player and the reason we're, we're, we're so, you know, poor – it's just unacceptable to me. Like, let's let's be better as a fan base, uh, Portland. Like, he's still good too. He's Even still though he broke his leg, he's like, a top fifteen center. What, what yeah, else do you want? Like, he lost explosiveness because he fucking destroyed his leg. Sure, but it's not like he's fucking Mason Plumley. He's John still like a, yeah, like he's still a good center. So it's not like. I mean, obviously he got scapegoated because you're not going to blame Dame for it. You're not going to blame Ant, and he's been around here longer, so you want to you 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 take shots at people that you see more. So I get it, but to say that he is the reason what we suck is kind of bullshit to me. And look at look at these players. Look at these opposing centers just having career games games against Eubanks. Like yes. I told, I told y'all, Brooke Lopez was gonna destroy us, and look what he did. Like life, life without New York hasn't been so rosy these, no. these past few games. So I, I'm excited. Opposing centers just have the like career or no, season high performances against us. Yeah, so I'm excited to get the the big man back. I also, I think that the biggest rage I saw was when Portland moved Gary Payton the second. And I was just a little confused by the outrage. Like I was really excited for his signing uh, this offseason, but one, he was hurt for much longer than anticipated. He was in and out of the lineup, even when he returned from injury. And when he played, it was like 10 to 12 minutes. So it wasn't a sustained amount of playing. It was just a weird situation. I've heard, I've heard uh, fodder on the internet that inside the organization, they, they weren't happy with him not being as available as as he could have been again that's no substantial sources just just saying what i have the theories that are going on out there but do you believe that though because look at how he's dealt with players returning from injury he gets he got treated with kick gloves in comparison to damian lillard like when he when he's healthy he goes all out but i don't think we ever have went all out with gary payton so it I was don't just think... a little weird. It was a weird situation. Oh, and absolutely. I don't think Gary Payton the second being on the, the team elevated or. I think it rose the floor, but it didn't re- raise the ceiling. Yeah, I just I, I think he and Matisse Thibel are similar. There, there's not like, yeah, one went to Oregon State. One has a famous father. But at the end of the day, they're very similar players in what they bring to the table. Matisse is um, two inches taller, too. Yeah. And you, if it doesn't work out, you save two years off of Gary Payton's contract. Um, but 
And I think a lot of people responded with, well, we were told that once Gary Payton returns, that the defense would return back to normal. We would, you know, make that push. I just have to say, Blazers lied to you, bro. (laughs) You never, never like they're trying to sell tickets. They're in it to make money. Do not buy into team propaganda. That's all that was. Those were unfair expectations placed upon Gary Payton the second. And those were just like Robert Covington in the past. Yeah, it's it's. You have to really manage They're trying your to make you buy jerseys and, and tickets and food and Bev and all that other shit at the Sage, game. It's a long season. You have to have content. Like in that, that's a that's a content piece. Oh, wait until we get Gary Payton. Wait until Gary Payton comes back and fixes everything. And like this, this it's not he's not his father, right? It's it's just <laughs> he's mittens, he's not the glove, not the glove. Um, and I liked the Gary Payton signing, but I was like, okay, he's not playing. Let's get draft capital for him. So did um, you think that we were going to, when, when they got those five picks, did you think we were going to get them? Cause get who? Well, when they traded Sadiq Bay for those five second rounders, did you think that was coming to us? Cause I, I truly didn't until I got the notification. No idea. Yeah. It was hot and heavy, but, uh. I was I, I was I was cool. I but, thought the Blazers were done after Matisse. Yeah, give me your grade for the for the trade deadline. B. I. I'll go. I'll go A. Um, bordering on on A plus, and I'll tell you why. I think A plus is when we trade. trade it's more of what they didn't do. Like I am so relieved they didn't trade Shane Sharp for OG Ananobi. I am so relieved they they added a first round pick. Like we are big draft guys. That was just that I I was tired of watching Josh Hart play. I'm sorry if you're Josh, <laughs> I'm sorry if you're a Josh Hart fan. I was tired of watching him play. I, I I'm glad it opens the the floor for Nasir and Shaden. That's who I wanted to watch play. So personally, that was a huge dub in my opinion. And I, they just didn't do anything stupid. Like that's that's the that's my expectations. Don't do anything stupid. So the bar is really low for me. So for me to be happy, I'll, I'll, I'll take I'm it. happy. But I feel like it, if I give him an A, Anthony Simons is off the team, and we're we've we've made the decision to tank or compete. I, well, I think that this gives us a more more fence to ride on. I think my expectations are we're never going to choose a side. Like until Dame retires, this is just how it, that that's just me. That's just, I've, I've accepted that fate. So it, our starting five just isn't good enough, man. We're like, that's why I'm excited for shade and sharp. We actually tanked last year and you got a superstar level prospect. And if he hits you're, 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 you're golden. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that, my guy. Like I'm hitching my, my wagon to, to shade and sharp right now. Like that's why I'm so high on him and really is there a chance he starts i would love it i i I really want to see him get more time i just in that game last night you could tell he was like okay there's no one behind me i'm getting time like he's catching lobs the play that was most playing good defense too he he tries to like he's actively trying on defense but Mm -hmm. the play that just like you like you watch it and like whoa this kid's 19 he catches an outlet pass from Dame. DiVincenzo charges out at him, calmly pump fake into a spin move, dribble, pull up, jumper. Like for a are you trusting that pull up Jay from Shaden? Because I it looks it looks good. Yes, I, I trust his shoot his shot. The, the where he needs to get in the lab, 
is the handle. Yeah. The handle needs to tighten oh, no, up. I trust that pull up. And but we're talking about a 19 year old player with no college experience, having so many tools, mm-hmm. so many. So the fact that they didn't throw that away to maybe win a playoff series all day, I will take that all day. You, you can harp or, or be upset if, you know, a rotational player gets moved here or they didn't get enough there or they didn't make the big move. To me, Shaden Sharp is the big move and his development will pay dividends if they do it correctly. And you're, th- this team, I, I, was, I think I tweeted to Mike Rice because he was talking about all of the other teams getting better. And I was like, wild one. The Blazers need to start preparing for the middle of the decade because the next two to three years, year, I, I don't know, with, with the way the, the, the teams are really going all in right now, you need to kind of look at what Memphis and New Orleans and, and OKC are doing and you want to start hitting those players in their prime. So, do you think Orlando should be belong in that young team? That I do not scared? trust their guards. Fair enough. I like Paolo and I like Franz, but I do not trust their guards. I think they missed on a lot of draft picks. I just think that they're confident. I'm, I'm higher on Detroit, even after the Wiseman trade. I mean, they just traded Sadiq Bay. They still have Jalen Duran, who they stole. Uh, Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham's going to come back, and they're going to have a legit shot at Victor Wimbanyama. Like Detroit, the, watch out for the Pistons. That that's my young East team. I just yeah, there's a lot of young teams that are doing the right thing. So that we're in a draft. place where we can't really compete because of the draft picks. There's there's only like five or six teams that control the draft, and they are going to be the ones driving the direction of the league in the next couple of years. Like, I get it; it's frustrating. You have Dane playing at this level, and you just you you, you can't do anything about it. But again, don't get mad at Joe Cronin. This is all Neil Olshay. His 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 oily grease his oily greasy fingerprints are still all over this franchise, and it's going to take a couple years to to Windex that shit off, just to get even just to get not, back to not even. even no advantage just get even with the pack that's how far behind we are we have to fucking hustle just to get even with everybody else these second round picks are dope it doesn't equal those first that we gave away for legitimately nothing now like larry nance plays 22 minutes a game we robert covington is on the verge of being out of this league yeah we traded we traded two picks for a guy that I assumed was going to get traded for fucking legitimately nothing. And Zach Collins is playing on the worst team in the Western Conference. Do you think he's going to get real minutes because Jakob Pertl's out? I mean, he was playing real minutes before, wasn't he? Yeah, but like yeah. starters minutes. I mean, sure. If you're the, if the Spurs are going for they're going for Tim Duncan two so of course he's going to get real minutes. <laughs> yeah. Man. Is there a, so we've talked about teams that we thought did really well? Is there a team that you're just like Chicago oh, is my least like they needed to fucking do something? They sat on their hands and did absolutely fucking nothing. That's They're at the same probably, place that we are. They are at the but same, they, but they, they they don't have Dame, and they do not have. I don't think they have the young assets that we have either. I'm just thinking about the starting lineup that's a little bit better than base. Sure, but like at least the Blazers can say we can sell you on watching Damian Lillard, and we have a future in, in Shaden Sharp. Who's- but they they could sell you on the three like the uh, 
the the mid three. I, see, I don't think they can. I think that they needed to do something because they they're on punted. the verge of becoming should, Orlando Magic. They should have punted that that Vucevic trade was horrendous. Yeah, trade. And, and that, that, means, that is that is a a a. What they did was a blueprint for what not to do. They gave away two lottery picks and Wendell Carter Jr. for Nikola Vucevic because they were trying to make a move. He was a, a current all-star at the time. Like that is exactly what you should not do. And I think that's essentially what could have happened to Portland if they would have done a similar package for OG. Like you yeah, and DeMar DeRozan these godfather packages for, for mid all-stars. Even mid all-stars, it's got to be a Kevin Durant type. Because I, I think that they could have done something. They could have torn down really well. That Zach Levine has value. Demar has value. Vuce still Alex, has value. Alex Caruso has value. Alex could could have gotten you a first round pick. Like th- it was a perfect time for them to make a big boy decision, and they failed to do anything. Yep. So I would put them at one of the worst. I would completely uh, agree with you there. I also have to. What the fuck is Minnesota doing? I think they got bullied into making those. I think the Lakers won that trade, right? They got they traded everyone, Russell Westbrook and got three values. The, the Wolves won that trade. Utah won that trade too. Like, what what are the Timberwolves doing? Like, I get they don't want to pay D'Angelo Russell, but Mike Conley Jr. Really, Mike Conley Jr. Are they trying to sell themselves on the pick and roll between Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley? I I, I guess um, I, I just think I mean again, talk about a franchise that is a a blueprint for what not to do. They they're they have Anthony Edwards and he's going to ask out sooner or later because they gave up their entire future for a center who can't play in the postseason and really hasn't played well. Well, Nas season. Reed's yeah. better than him. Like they're yeah. back up. Just think if they didn't make the trade and it was Nas Reed and and Cat playing the the, the starting center, they're, the they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. And then they. They have Vando and all of these decent players. Like they could have, they they could have just used their depth to just hire everybody out. But no, they had to go to Rudy Gobert, and I think Rudy's like at eighty percent of what he used to be. He's still fine, but he's not. He's not the ninety ninth percentile the defender. And honestly, like who contracts included, who would you rather have? Rudy Gobert or Walker Kessler? Oh, our Auburn boy, Walker Kessler. The youth, too. He's got like 12 years on Gobert. And I think they're equal defenders. And Walker can get better. Like, they they fucked up. Just just Walker Kessler versus them. And you, you have four years of really cheap contracts in order to build something nice? So I, I guess Minnesota has to be one of the losers. They traded a, like Delo is kind of perfect for LA. He he's a legitimate shooter. What do you think about the uh, the uh, Mo Bamba trade? Like, sure they gave away Thomas Bryant, but they also got Vanderbilt. So what does Mo Bamba do on this team? Chill on the bench? I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's it's funny that like. Blazer fans get attached to certain names and then they get traded and like, why didn't we get him? Well, maybe we didn't want Mo Bamba. Maybe we didn't. Mo Bamba doesn't use his hands yet. He doesn't know how to be a good defender yet. 
maybe they didn't want to give a first round pick for another role player in Jared Vanderbilt. Like yeah. I think the Blazers were were smart for once. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're a middling team with tradable assets where you can make a decision, I think you failed this draft or this uh, trade deadline. You needed to do something in order to prepare for the future or actually compete. And those teams that are like at the as the, at the Bulls level fucked up because there were so many damn trades. I one one team that I think got. Uh, I really did like the uh, Mike Muswala, I think, is going to be a nice role player for the Celtics. I think even those top tier teams got better. What uh, the trade that confused me the most was the Bones Highland to the Clippers. Did you think that that was going to generate more stuff going to Denver? Because there was how did they not get a first round pick for Bones? How did they not get a fucking usable player, too? I did not like what the Denver Nuggets did at this deadline. Um, you knew they were gonna. They everyone knew they were tra- trading bones, but I thought that the Clippers I thought the Clippers actually, had a good deadline. Clippers had a great deadline. Mason Plumley, Eric Gordon, uh, Bones Highland. They, they got Reggie, Reggie Jackson. Yeah, they're gearing up. It's going to be a fun postseason. Yeah, like I, I think the good teams made smart moves. The the middling teams just failed. I think that's where it really goes. Like. I don't think Toronto is good enough to not try and improve. Like Fred Van Elite has been the opposite of elite. There's there was there were ways to improve your team. Like I don't think Jakob Pertle helps them that much. Like who out of all the players on their team, who takes where where does Jakob like start? Where where does whose minutes does he take? Gary Trent's? Like I, and I don't think the Raptors are that are good enough to like just stand on their laurels. Make it so it's easy for Scotty to get better. All right, that was one crazy trade deadline. I've got a baby I got to get back to. Um, All right, man. I'm sure you got some 2K to get back to. I haven't. Well, cause cause I've been so sick. I haven't played 2K in like two weeks. Ooh, a little rusty. I know. I'm kind of nervous about how bad I'm going to be. I might be just as good as like an average player, and that scares me immensely. But it was a good podcast. It is, dude. The sun's made this room. This sun is out. It is a, a great. I've been sweating my here. ass off this this uh this podcast. But thank you everybody for listening. It was a very exciting trade deadline. We will be back to talk about the actual Blazers um, in the weekend or on Monday. And I think that it's time we start looking at draft prospects since we at least have one, maybe two. I think it's time to take a look at like Anthony Black or Jairus Walker, top five quality player, um, and really look at this draft class because we legitimately have options this time. So it's time to time to introduce Blazers fandom to Terrence Shannon Jr. So thank you all for listening. We will be back soon. Peace. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go! Let's go. Come on.